you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This is your Wednesday Best Bets episode. Joining me today, we're recording this on Tuesday night. We got Jay Money back with us. You can find him on Twitter at JMoneyIsMoney. Jay, how you doing? Doing all right, man. Coming off a 2-0 day. We had Bucks first half full game, so trying to keep it going. Talk some NBA with you guys. We also got Sean Little. You can follow him on Twitter at Chicago Flow. Sean, what's good, man? Matt, what's going on? What's going on, Jay? Everything is good. The Utah Jazz came through for Matt and I this evening, so we're going to try to stack that and keep rolling here on uh, the Tuesday night to Wednesday edition of Buckets. It's nice on that one because, like, I went through, I gave the whole cap on it. I gave the best bet on the action app, did the whole thing where I was like, I like the spot, I like the number, I like the matchup, like all of these Mm -hmm. things. And usually when when I've got all that agreement, it goes haywire. So it's it's really nice for the NBA to be logical for me for one night in one game. Uh, that That's a, a good feeling. But enough of that. Let's get to tonight's best bets for Wednesday. We'll start. We'll go around the table. We'll list them. And then we'll go in and we'll do the cap. Jay, what's your best bet for Wednesday slate? My best bet is going to be Chicago Bulls full game minus four. Uh, honorable mentions would be Warriors um, in the first quarter as well. I know that line's not out. Lineup's not out. But that would be an honorable mention of mine. Okay, Sean, what are your best bets for Wednesday? Yeah, I'm also with Jay Bulls minus four. And then I am going first half Timberwolves Clippers over 113 and a half. Okay, I'm excited to hear what the cap is for that. Uh, I'm taking Magic plus three. And on the money line, I'm taking Raptors minus five. I think we got to talk that one out. And I'm taking Thunder plus three versus the Heat. We'll talk about all those on the show. Let's go ahead and get into Bulls. Knicks, since both of you have a best bet on it. Uh, injury report on this one's a mess. Obi Toppin is out. Jalen Brunson is questionable for this one. He's listed questionable. We'll see if he plays. It's in Chicago. Uh, Bulls injury report is pretty clean outside of the usual suspects. Lonzo Ball, etc. Uh, Alex Caruso, probable. Io is questionable. 
not a big deal there. Uh, so, all right, Jay, why do you like this number specifically in this spot for the Bulls? Well, it's pretty simple with me. First of all, I think it's going to move. I think this line uh, opened up a little bit short. I, I almost know for a fact that Brunson's going to be out. If he was in a walking boot last night, I don't see him being good enough. You can barely walk on it. Um, I don't see how you're going to suit up and play an NBA game as well. We know what a foot issue with all those bones you have in your foot. It's not really something that you'd like to play around with. So, um, And Brunson was actually a little bit banged up as well like three or four games ago. So with them knowing that he has a foot injury, they probably want to hold him out here. The Knicks team has played five of their last six games at the house and seven of their last games, uh, seven of their last nine games as well at home. So going on the road here at Newfield, Bulls needing to stack up wins here. Um, that You have the the lower uh, win team, win total team in this one. They're sitting at only 11-15 going up against the Knicks. They're 14-13 and 13, and you have them favored here. I think it's very telling in this one. Give me the Bulls here at the house, ESPN game um, in this one to, to, to stack up a much needed win in this one. Sean, you like it as well? I'm with you all the way. Listen, these are the two closest teams I watch in the NBA. And mm -hmm. if the the I saw the same picture as you, Jay, they were at a Christmas party, Jalen Brunson, yeah. peeking in the corner, and he has a walking boot on. Now, if he, he cannot go or is not 100%, I don't like this spot at all for the Knicks against the Bulls at home. We know Julius Randle has been going crazy, 28 and 10 in his last four games. But if you watch the Knicks closely on a game-to-game -game basis, without Jalen Brunson running the show at the point guard position, the offense is stagnant. Uh, Julius Randle has to handle the ball more. Uh, RJ is not cutting to the basket where he does most of his damage on a catch-and-drive type of spot. He Next thing you know, he's holding the ball, shot clock is running low, and he he's putting up jump shots, which is the worst part of his game, which which – that's where he catches a lot of flack. That's when he starts to look really bad on the perimeter when he's catching jab step and then ends up getting up a long deuce or a three. That's where he doesn't thrive. So when Jalen Brunson is not around, this is what happens to the offense. I like the Bulls at home. They just play better. They're more confident. They, they're just an overall better basketball team. This is a pure Jalen Brunson not being on the floor fade for me for the Knicks. And if Obi Toppin is also out, he's been playing really well, been given really good minutes off the bench on that second unit, which I really like for the Knicks. But with this spot, with Brunson potentially banged up, I'll try to catch the four like Jay before it moves when he gets announced that it's not playing. Looking at the numbers, this was the first one that stuck out to me, but it stuck out to me for the Knicks. And then I looked at the injury report and was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Let, let's, uh, let's workshop this a little bit. So, all right, Sean, based off of your understanding of the Knicks, Sean Little of MSG Networks, and you mentioned how important Brunson is to this team specifically and what he does and how the offense stagnates. If Paul George is worth three points to the spread, what's Jalen Brunson worth to, to the Knicks on the spread? I, I truly believe it's three and a half, four points. He's that important to the Knicks offensively. He's the only guy that wants to pass the ball willingly. Everybody else on that team, when they get the ball, they are the pass passing and playmaking is secondary. When Jalen Brunson is holding the ball, that's what he wants to do most of his damage. And the last time out in 2022, when um, earlier this year, I should say last season, last time um, Julius Randle played the Bulls, he had five points, 13 boards. He had a really rough go against the Bulls. So, yeah, when 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 I when if you're going to ask me for a number, it's three and a half, four points for for Jalen Brunson for me. I watch him on a day to day. That offense, it's night and day. There's no and, way that he's worth that he's worth three and a half versus Paul George. Man. At three. 
Man, I think I Sean is going. I think Sean is going really well, especially since he watched them. We can kind of have like a personal feel, right? I feel like your yeah. question was kind of just showing his personal feel on it. Now the books are only going to grade it. I'd say two points at the max. Yeah. You could argue that that this is. I mean, if Brunson wasn't on the injury report at all, or if I mean, let's be honest here, the books probably know that he's not playing, or they know that he's probably in a walking boot. They have a lot more info than we do, so that's probably why this yeah. line is four. If this line would probably be somewhere around minus one, minus one and a half. Or he made minus two for the Bulls if yeah. Brunson wasn't hurt whatsoever. So I feel like it's already baked in the line. And I also think that they only may move it. If he is ruled out, I think it may only move an actual uh, full point. Um that's yeah. kind of like the that's kind of like the Drew Holiday news today, right? They kind of have a number in the middle, kind of already yeah. thinking that he's out. When he goes out, it only moves one point. That shows you right there that they already have it kind of set in the middle. I mean, I like the cap, right? Like, of like Sean saying, like, look, he may be book, he may be priced at two, but I think he's worth three and a half because of how he's able to run the offense. Yeah. That makes sense, and that that strengthens the cap there. I think it's two. I think this line is in the middle. I think you're you're dead on with that, Jay. I think this line is right in the middle. I think this is five without him. I think this is uh, three if he's if he's playing. Um, I don't think Obi is probably factored into this cap because players that are on the bench that are not starters. They don't usually make any sort of like real significant change to the spread. If they do, it's like a quarter point or a half point at most. It has to be like a really good bench player for it to be half. And Obi doesn't have that reputation. I think he's worth it though. Like I legit think that like how like, and the numbers prove this right, that they've won their minutes when Obi's on the floor and they lose them when he doesn't play. It's why all Knicks fans are like, why don't you play Toppin more? So I like, I think that Brunson's worth two. I think uh, Toppin's worth a point. So I think that that gets us to three here. And in that situation, then yeah, I, I can see playing the Bulls. Um, I do kind of wonder what'll happen if Brunson gets announced out tomorrow. If this line, if it's at four, where this moves, because let's say it goes the full point up to five, where it would have been if they had just been out, gets bad up six and a half. Six, if it goes up to another point and a half, I'm probably going to have to play Knicks. Like, that's too much for the like my only problem with this is I don't feel like Chicago deserves this respect that even with it with it being like the Knicks can't do this without Brunson and they're without Toppin I keep being like yeah but can the Bulls still take care of business it is going to be within range of free throws I'm leaning towards a stay away but I'll be interested to see what the number finally comes out as I like that cap though that was a very good that was a good segment um all right so Sean let's do your other one you got over 113 and a half first half Wolves Clippers. Okay. Really specific. I, I look, I've played those before. I've played, I like playing quarter and half spreads a lot of the time based off of trends. What gets you on the over here in the first half only for Wolves Clippers? Yeah, this is just about Kawhi Leonard building on that game that he had the other night. And also, I found a trend that I really thought was interesting. The Clippers are seven and three to the over at home in the last 10, four and one in the last five. And T Wolves are seven and three to the over on the road in their last 10, four and one in the last five. I mentioned Kawhi and his big game, 25 points, 10 of 12 from the floor. This is purely playing the trend that I came across. I thought that was really interesting recently because historically and throughout the season, the Clippers have been an under team. And for them to be heating up here, to go over in seven of three, seven and three in their last 10, and then Kawhi coming off the game that he did, I'm going to play the first half. He can continue that game, that them rolling in that first half. And that that was really much the cap and the feel that I have on it. It was more of a more of a trend play that I thought the the 113 and a half is just flat out too low of a number. 
So I wrote about this on trends on Monday or, and you can find it in the action network app. Um, I wrote about how the Clippers are a good example of if you have a month worth of data where the team was one thing, and then all of a sudden that team stops playing like assholes and gets their shit together, then it takes the books three weeks to catch up. And we're in that zone with the Clippers offense right now where that Clippers offense was not bad. It was literally the second worst offense in the league over the first month of the season. We were all like, what are you doing? Like they weren't, not only were they not hitting threes, they weren't shooting them. And it was baffling, but we've seen that kind of transition and shift. Now Clippers offense is stabilized. Um, So I like this. I like this play. I think the over I've got based on projection, I've got a slight lean to the over for the full game. Um, So I like being able to isolate it down for the first half as well. Like that play. Like that one a lot. Matt, uh, let me ask you a question. And yeah, Jay, you could you could touch on it too. How far back for games do you typically go? 10, 10 is probably the max for me. I'm usually looking at like three to five game range to see how a team has been playing. Where do you guys typically look at? How far do you go back? Uh, I go back 10 games. That's, I mean, this one of the sites that I look at, they automatically go back 10 games. I feel like that's a good spot as well. Looking at stats, though, I like to look at last five games. That's how I look to – that's yeah. how I like to see how you've been looking most recently. Uh, when I'm looking on NBA.com, the advanced stats, I like to look at last five uh, games, offensive rating, defensive rating. But when I'm looking at overall last 10 games, I look at last 10 games for that team, for both teams, and the last 10 matchups as well between the two. I think this is one of the things that makes it tough. Because what you should do, if you have enough time, is you should look for inflection points where teams start to shift, right? So, like, the Lakers were one team until November 13th, and then they became a whole other different team after that. They were a defense that couldn't score, and then they shifted and became an offense that can't defend very well. So, like, Mm -hmm. these shifts happen. Um, Injuries will create an inflection point. Guys getting inserted into the rotation, they'll have a really bad loss and have the – the prototypical players only meeting you you have to kind of know when these kind of things happen. I'll say, look, I look back about, I like two weeks of time because two weeks gives me a, a sample of a, of a handful of games to kind of get a feel for them. If I'm looking for a trend in terms of like, like you're talking about with an over trend, I do like looking at the, at the, at the last 10 to me, last yeah. 10 is like really solid for this gets you an indication of where they've been at. You know, it's an eighth of the season. That's pretty strong. But I also think a lot of times, you know, if you're, especially if you're looking at, a, a, if you're looking at making a major play on something, if you want to put more than, than your normal stake on it, you really need to have like a really good feel for where the team is at specifically in that season because it goes so much up and down. Yeah, I um, think the last 10 too, you can get a little breakup of home and away games as well. You don't mm-hmm. want to get caught where you're just looking at like the last four or five games and they were all like it was a homestand or something like that so or the opposite right it's like yeah here's that but here's what's interesting is like the, the teams will be playing so the Celtics I think are a fascinating case of this right it's like right now they're playing the Lakers and their offense has been better tonight than it has been but it's still not like they're not blowing the doors off like they have been they were destroying everything they hit this west coast road trip and they've thrown up two clunkers in a row is that are they regressing back to the mean? Are they starting to shoot like human beings again and not gods? Or <laughs> are, is it just like they're on the West Coast road trip, right? Like they play Saturday night game versus the Warriors. That was a disheartening loss. They fly to LA. They spend Sunday night in Los Angeles. And then magically on Monday, they come out flat versus the Lakers or the Clippers. Like all these types of things matter. So I want to see what they look like when they do get back. Cause I want to see if that offense, like I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, the deep, the, the offense has finally started to regress finally. You got to be, I think, patient with making those determinations until we get them out of those specific schedule streaks.
Yeah. Um, the only reason I ask, I thought people, I get questions all the time about just like time periods. I always think it's interesting to talk to other handicappers about, you know, how far they go back and, you know, what, 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 what's, what's a logical time frame to look well, back like at. You're trying to get a sense of, of where they are right now, but that's at the cost of a, of a more sturdy sample. Like the question right. is whether or not you think, and I'll do this too, where I do a lot of manual adjustments to the power rating. And sometimes there's teams that I'm like, no, they've been the same team all year. Like they're consistent. I know what I'm getting out of them every single night. And then there's teams where I'm like, no, no, no. Like they're, they are not this team that the Cavs are a good example of this, right? Like I have a lean towards the Cavs tomorrow based off of where this is the, the number is versus the Mavericks. But I don't know if the Cavaliers are the same team that they were two weeks ago. Like they haven't right. played the same way. They've looked, their offense has fallen off a cliff. So you gotta be careful with things like that as they're starting to shift. You don't want to buy too much into the recency trends, but you also don't want to take the large sample only because sometimes teams are different squads throughout the season. No question. I got, uh, I got a couple of plays I want to talk about. So my first one's going to be Orlando magic plus three. They're facing the Hawks at home. Uh, no DeJounte Murray, no John Collins, Trey Young's questionable. We'll see if he plays. Uh, I can't get to this number without those guys. I just, I flat out cannot get to this number. Uh, the magic, I think are picking up a little bit of momentum with Markel Fultz back. They need like three starters. I would love to actually see this team with their full five starting unit of Fultz, Suggs, Wagner, Wagner, uh, Bancaro and WCJ. I think that lineup is actually going to be pretty good. Um, but unfortunately, the gods are just like, nope, you will never see a healthy Orlando Magic team ever. But with Fultz and Bancaro, I'm we're getting closer to where I feel like we're going to get a good sense of, of how this team is, is going to play. Wagner's been awesome. Just having a competent point guard helps. I don't trust this Hawks team on the road. I like Orlando. I, I do like this Orlando team right now in the spot. And it's a three and four. So I'll go ahead and I'll grab the three points and play the money line for a half unit on the Orlando Magic. Any reason I should stay away from this from either of you? Uh, you might get a better number. I do think that Trey Young might be may play in this one. Obviously, yeah. we're sitting out the last game. That's all I would say. But uh, you do get a double revenge spot as well for Orlando here. The Hawks have already smacked them up twice this season. And if you're looking at the line, fox, line functionality way of it as well, last game they beat them by 17 points on the road. They laid six and a half. This line opened up at three and a half uh, as well. So it is super short. Obviously, it's with the injuries um, in that one. So uh, I couldn't talk you off this one. And something I like to do, I like to buy teams when they're at the house for a while this is the sixth uh, fifth straight home game for the magic here so uh, it's not something i'm on but i could not talk you off mate atlanta one of the slowest starting teams in the nba as well so yeah I, i'm not mad at this play at all uh i like raptors minus five tomorrow this one i am i am curious to get this if i'm walking into a trap here all right kings get absolutely waxed by the sixers tonight <laughs> they're on the back-to-back -back, but starters didn't have to play heavy minutes because they got annihilated this Kings team is at the end of an East Coast road trip. They're dog tired. Now, we've talked about this before. The trends don't necessarily suggest that that's stable or not. You kind of have to see whether a team is thriving on the road trip or whether they're struggling. I think this Kings team is struggling right now, trying to get healthy, trying to get themselves like right. And I covered this on Monday on Green Dot Daily, and this was in the trends piece as well. Raptors are one of the best teams in the league in terms of points added per possession at cleaning the glass. Those teams at home, the top five teams are 60% against the spread. That includes San Antonio. That's how big of an edge this is. And it makes sense, right? If your offense is all effort and transition, and I will assure you the Raptors offense is entirely effort and transition, <laughs> you need that home crowd behind you, 
right? And so you got a soft Kings defense, banged up and tired, back-to-back, third and four. It's a third and four back-to-back facing a Raptors team that just got its ass handed to it by Orlando. They've got to be a little bit pissed off. I have to have a little bit of institutional faith in Toronto. So I like the spot. My number makes this right around here. The power rating doesn't, right? So like the power, my power rating doesn't because the Raptors are never going to look all that good with how they play in the half court. And the Kings have been awesome. So like we talked about, it's that sample thing, right? Uh, If we did the last couple of games, then then Toronto's way worse than Sacramento, but Sacramento is also bad. The question is like, which team is going to show up? Is it the Raptors that we've seen for multiple years? Or is it going to be this team that we just saw gets ass handed to it by Orlando? I like the spot for Toronto. I like that trend I found for Toronto. I like the matchup as a like a team that's just going to beat up a Kings team that's tired. The number makes me a little bit nervous at five, but it's within the free throw zone. Uh, Jay, what do you think about Raptors? In theory, Matt, I'll tell you, I love the spot. I had the Raptors circled. Um, I did think that the Kings would have a little bit better effort, and I thought that that game might go down to the wire as well. So I was expecting for them to exert a lot of energy in that game. They didn't. They got smoked. Um, so that's that was the main thing that kind of got me off this play, but I'm right there with you. I was looking towards Raptors. They have two days off of rest as well. They're coming off two duds versus Orlando, where the team sucks on a roll, man, but they are 10-3 and three, uh, straight up at the house. This yep. is where they ball out, so that's good points by you. Third game in four nights and fourth game in six nights on the road for the Kings here. We talk about it. West Coast teams going east. Um, I can tell you this. I don't want the Kings. That's for sure. I'd like to take Raptors. I just don't like the fact that the Kings um, got smoked tonight. But um, you do make some good points. Raptors have much better defense. They play a lot better at the house. Uh, I'm rooting for you to cash in this one. Yeah, it's an interesting spot. We talk about, you know, teams, the the Raptors coming off getting beat up twice by the Magic. Then they go home and have it the, the, the one day in between then have to play. They're, they're playing against a team that just got smoked, but is also closing out a road trip. So there's a there's a lot of different, you know, spots that we like to look at that we've talked about multiple times on this podcast. When we want to back a home team, it's not when they're just getting home and they have one day rest and then they're back on the floor. But then on the flip, they they got smoked twice by Orlando. And then that the, the institution piece I really like, Matt, like Nick Nurse is going to have the guys ready or you would think that right and Mm -hmm. overall right now they're just i don't want to say they're a better team than the kings but at home i think it's a better spot for them i'm gonna be really curious to see what happens in this one if the raptors lose this one there's gonna be a little like the raptors fans will at least flip the little cover up over you on those missile things where they flip the the cover over the button they're gonna flip the cover up on the panic button (laughs) they won't press the panic button they already started but they already started. I'm already starting to see stuff about Nick Nurse. We yeah. know that he's a great coach, but I must say, a, like those two losses back to back to the Magic, I, I can't say that this should happen. To be honest with yeah. you, though, so, not back to back, not losing both games. So, so I'm seeing some guys, Raptors fans, they're they're starting to call for Nick Nurse to be fired. I, I don't know. If he, right, if he gets fired, I'm not go if he gets way. fired, please send him to Chicago in a <laughs> in in a in a hurry, please. <laughs> They, say, <laughs> they want to do if they want to swap for Donovan, please somebody pick up the phone and 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 make that happen. I'll take Nick Nurse in a heartbeat. All right. My last one is uh Thunder plus three. I'll probably play the money line as well. Uh Jimmy Butler's out for this one for Miami. Their their injury report this season always looks like uh just a it's it's a tax return in terms of how long it always is. Uh Jimmy Butler's out, Deadman's questionable, healer hero's probable. Um Jovic is on assignment. 
Oladipo's probable, Duncan Robinson's probable, Struess is probable. They're very diligent with how they list these things. So those guys are all going to play. But without Butler, yeah, I'll go ahead and, and I'll take OKC here. This is a number play. I've got this at Pick'em. Um, the, the real thing with Miami is that I think where I'm at is you want to fade them as favorites and you want to stay away from them when they're dogs, right? So they come out and they get the job done the other night versus Indiana, and that cost me because Jimmy just decides to show up and bust ass and they shut down a pretty good Pacers offense with great defense, like traditional heat like that. That was a heat win, right? They hold the Pacers down. They really, they, they out physical them. They shut this young team down, make them really grind with the switch. And then Jimmy Butler does what he does and just beats them up uh, over and over again. No Jimmy thunder are a tougher team. That's just how they're wired. Uh, one thing I've noticed with OKC, you really want to get on them and make sure that Dort is playing. I got burned a couple of times by by not paying enough attention to when Dort was available. He's in for this game, should be back. Love that. That's going to help. Um, I just can't give this number. I think this should be, this honestly probably should be a little bit close. Like this should be pick them in OKC. Mm-hmm. I just think it should be pick them. I don't think that the, the, the heat should be favored in OKC, I know OKC is not good, but their underlying numbers are pretty solid. They're a solid team. So I'll go ahead and I'll pl- take uh, the Thunder plus three and I'll play the money line for a half unit there as well. So that's going to wrap it up for best bets for Wednesday. Jay's got Bulls minus four. Sean's got Bulls minus four. Sean's got over 113 and a half Wolves Clippers first half. I've got Magic plus three and the money line. I've got Raptors minus five and I've got Thunder plus three and the money line. You can follow all these picks in the award-winning Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks. If you are hanging out on League Pass on Wednesday night, you want to check out our guy Sean. He's going to be on the NBA Bet Stream. You can check that out for the Pacers Warriors game. It's going to great you just go when you're clicking on the the league pass stream just click the button that says streaming options it'll say nba bet stream it's a great time live bets futures conversation all sorts of great stuff make sure to check that out follow sean on twitter at chicago flow follow jay on twitter at jay money is money my thanks to our producer david payne we'll see you guys again tomorrow with another best episode until then let's get buckets Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.